All right, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and get to Matthew chapter 5. If you don't have one and you're in a gray chair, they're underneath you. If you're by a gray chair, they're underneath the gray chairs, but Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 9. Actually, we're only going to be in verse 9. Matthew 5, verse 9. One of the unique things about uh, teaching week to week is that God is teaching me as uh, I am prepping to teach you. Uh, one of the unique things about being in the same chunk of, of Scripture is that God is teaching me while I'm prepping to teach you. And so uh, what, what I'm hoping to do tonight is provide uh, maybe, maybe a bit more clear picture of what our effort has been in the series through the Beatitudes. Maybe it's that I say a statement that I have not said all uh, series long uh, just because I have had some conversations and read some things that, that have helped me and have made me think differently uh, about what the Beatitudes are doing, what Jesus is doing in the Beatitudes. So we have said up until this point, that the Beatitudes serve this purpose, to tell us what people that live in the kingdom ought to be like. And that's certainly not false, right? So these, these things describe people that live in the kingdom. However, as I've talked with a friend of mine and read some things, here's probably more of the thrust of what's happening in the Beatitudes, that it's Jesus telling us about what the kingdom is like that the main purpose of the Beatitudes is for us to get a really clear picture of just how incredible Jesus' kingdom is. And maybe you've put that together over the weeks, but I've certainly not said that. And so I want to be clear in this moment to say for this sermon and the one to follow, we're going to press that agenda. Let's just look and see how great, how incredible Jesus' kingdom is because that is the picture that he's painting in the Beatitudes. Such that the crowd that's hearing would be astonished at who gets blessed in this kingdom. The crowd hearing perhaps would think the rich get blessed. The religious get blessed. The people of high status, they get blessed. The people in power, they get blessed. And then Jesus rolls onto the scene in Matthew 5, and the first thing that he says is, blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall receive comfort. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. In tonight's scripture, Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Jesus rolls on the scene and begins to declare blessing on people that the society, the crowd around them would think, these are the precise of the people that aren't going to receive the king's blessing. And that's exactly what Jesus wants you to think, because he wants you to understand my kingdom is a different kind of kingdom. My kingdom is unlike any kingdom you've ever seen or heard of. Because I'm a king like none you've ever seen or heard of. I'm turning this thing upside down. And really, this is right side up. The kingdoms that you have heard of, they rule with force. They rule with money. They rule with status. They rule with war. And Jesus comes in and says in Matthew 5, 9, In this kingdom, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are the people 
that you would think we would never build the kingdom with. Because this has way more to do with the king in the kingdom than it does with the people that are in it. Jesus wants us to get a picture of what the kingdom's like as we roll through the Beatitudes. So, we read in Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So certainly we're keeping the structure uh, that, that it's divided. Who is blessed? Why are they blessed? That's how Jesus kind of breaks this down. Who is the blessed? Who is he declaring blessing on? Why is it that they are blessed? And then we're going to add a question that we haven't at, had until this point. What does that tell us about the kingdom of God? Or the language that he uses in Matthew is the kingdom of the heavens. What does it tell us about the kingdom? So first, who is blessed? Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Now, what does that mean? Well, let's just be clear about what it's not. It's not like peace, man. Different. It's not peaceful. It's not blessed are the peaceful people. It's not even blessed are the peacekeeping people, though that's probably part of it. It's blessed are the peacemakers, the the peacemaking people, those that pursue peace, those that work for it, fight even for peace. Right, we could say it like this. Peacemakers are those who seek to make peace in the midst of chaotic situations. Peacemakers are those who seek to make peace in the midst of chaotic situations. Now, I know we certainly, we probably, in this instance, in our minds, go to this. Okay, so there's war, and those who are peacemakers go to make peace amidst war. That's what we do. That's, so Jesus is describing the people that would run into the midst of war and be like, guys, let's not fight. It's not nice. You guys are good. Okay, put your guns away. Put your guns away. Okay, let's go home happy. And that's the picture. This is what we mean. And m- maybe that's an extreme version of peacemaking. However, there's a level of on-the-ground peacemaking that is probably more in front of you than you know. It's more in your world than you know. Peacemakers, those who seek to make peace in the midst of chaotic situations, they are those who seek to make peace relationally. Maybe they could be described like this. The peacemaker is the one that finds themselves caught between two fighting friends going back and forth. Hey, uh, I'll just use names. I'm not, this is not a real scenario, so this is your name. It's just by the uh, Spirit's power, and if it's convicting, that's on you. Um, Hey, so Hannah told me to tell you that she's really mad at you because of what you said, or actually what you put on Instagram about her, or what you put on uh, your Twitter. You subtweeted her, and she's really salty about it, and she just wanted you to know that she's offended and probably not your friend anymore. Oh, well, you need to tell Hannah that I said blah, 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 blah. And this person finds themselves going back and going forth and going back and going forth, actually transferring language, but really in an effort to keep the peace, really in an effort to say, hey, but is that really worth it? Hey, it, no, I, she probably didn't mean that. This is the peacemaker. The ones that find themselves going between two warring parties trying to make peace. Maybe this is the teenager who finds themselves going back and forth between dad's house and mom's house and dad's house and mom's house. And every time you're at dad's house, he talks bad about mom, and every time you're at mom's house, she talks bad about dad, and it's all that you can do to just hear the right things and to say, yeah, but dad does, or yeah, but mom is, and you're doing your best to keep the peace. 
and maybe the peacemaker in that point, isn't on either side, not with mom and dad and not with friends. And what happens is, because they're not picking a side, both sides are against them. Because they're seeking to keep some peace. But in the midst of it, not choosing a side, because they know if I chose a side, it's actually going to create chaos, and I'm trying to make peace, so I'm not going to choose a side. I'm actually just going to try to, try to pull this thing together. But in doing so, that's going to require me to say some things and not say some things that they're looking to me to say, or maybe they don't want to hear from me. And because I'm not choosing a side, both sides are against me. This is the peacemaker that Jesus is talking about. This is the person that Jesus comes to and declares blessing on. Hey, you, who's stuck between two parties that you're trying to keep together, but both of them are against you, you're blessed in the kingdom. In fact, you're blessed, you're going to be called the son of God. It's that kind of upside down scenario. The peacemakers seek to make peace in the midst of chaotic situations. They also do this socially. You, if you are a peacemaker, you probably do this socially. You do your best to hang out amongst multiple social groups, not trying to identify with either of them. You're not trying to be a jock. You're not trying to be in the band crowd. You're not trying to be in the theater crowd. You're not trying to be the nerds or the whatever. You're just trying to hang out with people because you know, because you know under God we ought to do this. And maybe you want to even bring them together. You're like talking with the jocks. You're like, you know, the geeks, like, they're not so bad. Like, they got some good things to say. And you're talking with the geeks. You're like, hey, the jocks, I know you guys think like all they do is lift weights, but they do more than that. Like, they're cool. Like, they've got some things going on for them. And you're trying to keep the peace, maybe even trying to bring them together. And perhaps you find yourself in a scenario one day where you're forced to make a choice. It's us or it's them. And you choose neither. And as a result, neither of them are on your side. This is the peacemaker. This is the person that Jesus declares a blessing on. The peacemaker is someone who ceases the gossip about someone. Who ceases to join in and in fact looks at other people that are gossiping and says, we're not going to do that. We're not going to say that. Even though doing so will probably end in the exclusion from that group and their exclusion from that group. But their effort is to keep peace, is not only to keep it, but to make it. It's to tell them we shouldn't talk about them because you don't even know if that's true. And the person finds themselves defensive. Maybe the person says, but you don't know, but we have whatever. And in the midst of you trying to make peace, you found yourself shoved off by both sides. This is the peacemaker that Jesus declares blessing on. This is the person that Jesus says, you're blessed in my kingdom. You should be called a son of God. This peace is not necessarily peace without offense, though. So don't think like, oh, peaceful people, they're just nice all the time. No. Sometimes making peace means going to a person and saying, what you have done is incorrect. It means going to another party and say, hey, you have a part to play in this. You wronged him or her. Yes, I understand they wronged you, but you have a part to play. And the peacemaker is potentially making peace by offense. By saying, you were wrong and you were wrong. And you ought to come together and reconcile. This is the peacemaker that Jesus declares blessing on. And this person is exactly 
the opposite kind of person that the people of Jesus' day would have identified as blessed. When they're listing out, okay, who do you think is blessed in the kingdom of God? Nowhere on the list is peacemaker. Not like Jesus is talking about. Maybe blessed are the rich. Maybe blessed are the powerful. Maybe blessed are the really religious. Maybe blessed are the well-known. But the peacemaker, that's not who they're declaring is best. But that's who Jesus declares is best. After all, who establishes a kingdom with peace, right? I mean, if you're just thinking about, okay, I'm going to be a king and we're going to establish my kingdom. Like if you just went rogue on America and you decided you're going to build the kingdom of you, you're not going to do it by, okay, we're going to start core value number one, peace. You're not doing that. If you're going to establish a kingdom, generally in your mind, you think, okay, we need to get, we need to be forceful. We need to be powerful. We need to kill. We need to make war. We need to establish ourselves because that's how kingdoms work. And Jesus says, that's how you see every kingdom around you. That's how you see Rome. That's how you've seen the Greeks. That's how you've seen the Babylonians and on and on and on. That would go every kingdom around you is a kingdom of power. And I'm coming into you, coming in among you and saying, I am bringing a kingdom of peace. My kingdom is different than these kingdoms. My kingdom, perhaps he would say like this, my kingdom is not of this world. It is not natural. It's supernatural. It's different. So then, maybe this is a question that you have, and if it's not, then it should be. Why would the king in this kingdom bless peacemakers? Why would these be the people that he blesses? Well, the scriptures help us. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. <laughs> For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If you've been in church for any amount of time, you know the scripture is actually prophesying the coming Messiah. That is Jesus. Romans fifteen thirty three. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Ephesians 2, 13 through 16. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself, that's Jesus, he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. 2 Corinthians five eighteen through 19. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us, or maybe we could say like this, made peace for us to himself, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, making peace to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. And finally, Colossians 1. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. This is speaking of Jesus. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making 
peace by the blood of his cross. Jesus declares blessing on the peacemakers because he is the king of peace. Jesus says the people that are in my kingdom are peacemakers because I am the king who is a peacemaker. We as people who follow God ought to be peacemakers because our God is a peacemaker. In fact, he displayed it in the ultimate way. In the sending of his son to come and live the perfect life that you and I could not because of our sin. To die the death that you and I deserve because of our sin. And to rise from the dead as a victorious king. So making peace between a rebellious man and a wrathful God. Jesus made peace by coming in between. You see, we get the perfect picture of a peacemaker in Jesus. He seeks to make peace between two parties. Sinful man and holy God. And Jesus steps in the middle and he takes it from both sides. He takes the rejection of sinful men and the just wrath of God seeking to make peace. So it's no surprise that our God who is a peacemaker That Jesus, who is himself the peacemaker, would say of his kingdom, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Why is it that the king declares blessing on the peacemaker in his kingdom? Because he's a peacemaker. Therefore, the people in his kingdom are peacemakers. As we follow our God, who is a peacemaker, It is how we will live. We will mimic his character. We will seek to step in between two warring parties and potentially find ourselves on neither side and in the worst of it. And when you find yourself in that moment, if you're in that moment now, if you find yourself in between two friends, in between two parents, in between two siblings, in between two whatever, the good news of Jesus' kingdom is there is blessing for you. And what is the blessing? He finishes the beatitude. Blessed are the peacemakers. Why? For they shall be called sons of God. So those of you who find yourself in that scenario, seeking to make peace between two warring parties, siblings, parents, friends, on and on that could go. The blessing of the kingdom is this. You have a father who is always on your side. Because the peacemakers shall be called sons of God. So when no one stands on your side, God stands on your side. He is pleased with your peacemaking. It's part of his character. And when you live as a peacemaker, you model his character to the world. And so whether you find yourself in the crummiest situation and you think, I'm just trying to do what is right here and nobody is on my side, the blessing of the kingdom is your father's on your side. Keep making peace. The father's on your side. Keep making peace. So the last question is this. What does that tell us about the kingdom? 
if Jesus' Beatitudes are primarily to give us a picture of what the kingdom is like, what does this Beatitude tell us about the kingdom? The first thing is this, that this kingdom is a kingdom of peace. (coughs) This kingdom is a kingdom of peace, and it is a kingdom like no other kingdom that we or they who are hearing in this context have ever seen. It's a kingdom of peace. Not a kingdom of like peace, but a kingdom that seeks to make peace. Perhaps at the price of offending someone. Because this is exactly what the kingdom of God does, doesn't it? This is exactly what the gospel does. The first thing the gospel does to us is offend us. It comes to us and says, you're wicked and you can't fix it. Offense. And yet, it doesn't leave us in offense. It turns us from offense to reconciliation. And it's seeking to make peace. The, king, the gospel of Jesus is, you are wicked You are sinful and you are separated from God and you cannot fix it on your own. Yet, Jesus has come and he has lived perfectly in your place and died the death you deserved and risen from the dead. Now that if you believe in him, you are reconciled to God. Peace is made. But it didn't come without offense. And so it is with this kingdom of peace. It will not come without offense. Peacemakers don't back off on truth. They make peace with the truth. That's what peacemakers do. So it tells us that this kingdom is a kingdom of peace, and it's seeking to keep peace first between God and man. We read that in 2 Corinthians 5, 18. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He made peace with With us, through Christ, that was the purpose of this kingdom, but it was also to make peace between man and man. Not just God and man, but man and man. Verse 19 says, That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that as reconciled people, we would go and seek and make reconciliation with people out there. Not only between God and man, between man and man. We have this ministry of reconciliation as peacemakers. What else does it tell us about the kingdom? This blessed are the peacemakers. For they should be called sons of God. What else does it tell us about the kingdom? The last thing is this. That receiving this blessing in this kingdom has nothing to do with being blessable. And everything to do with the king that's giving the blessing. When you read the Beatitudes, you shouldn't think, these people are the kind of people that are blessable. That's why God blesses them. No. These, in fact, are the people that others would think are not blessable. And yet, Jesus declares blessing for them in his kingdom. Because that is how incredible Jesus' kingdom is So friends, here's the message for you. 
If you think about yourself, I am not the person that God would bless. I am not the blessable type because I have destroyed my life. I had made horrific decisions. I have talked this about this person. I have done this with this person. I am not the blessable type. The Beatitudes fly in our face and says, the kingdom declares blessing for you. To all who trust in Jesus and come to the king who extends blessing, there's blessing in this kingdom for you. Never say of yourself, I'm not blessable. Never say of yourself, I'm not worthy of this. That's precisely the people that Jesus comes to and extends blessing. That should give us hope. That should give us hope in our life. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes? Here's some questions to think about just while you're alone-ish with your eyes closed. Do you identify yourself as a peacemaker? Do you think, you know what? I do find myself caught between two people, two friends, two parents, two siblings, trying to make peace. And it's exhausting. And I feel like I'm getting nowhere and I feel like nobody's on my side. The good news of the kingdom is that there's blessing for you. The Father is on your side. The Father's on your side. He calls you a son of God. Second question is, do you see the kingdom of God the way Jesus is showing it to be? And really that comes with the third question. Are there people in your life that you think the kingdom of God is not for you? You're not the blessable type. If so, I think that is precisely the person that Jesus is coming to and saying, there's blessing in my kingdom for you. Come and trust Jesus. So believer who maybe you've limited who gets access to the kingdom? Maybe they have to look like you. Maybe they have to say things like you. Maybe the blessing of the kingdom only extends to certain people who act right. If that were the case, how did you get the kingdom's blessing? So maybe in this moment, you need to identify a few people that you have said the gospel's not for you. You've got to get some stuff together first. And you need to identify those people and you need to go to them. You need to make a point to go to them. Speak the gospel to them. And say the kingdom is available to you. And there's blessing in this kingdom. For people just like you. And, and if you're here and you're not a Christian, you got drug here or I, I don't know. Here's my question. What's your hang up? 
Is it a belief issue? Ask yourself the question, did Jesus really live? Did he really die? Did he really get up from the dead? Because if he did, you're on the hook. You're on the hook to deal with it. Or maybe it's not a belief issue, maybe it's a baggage issue. Maybe you think you're not the kind of person that the kingdom comes to. Maybe you think salvation from Jesus is not for me because I can't get it together. Friend, could I just encourage you? You're exactly the kind of person that Jesus came to save. So set your baggage aside. Or better, bring your baggage to Jesus and find that he's the king that has blessing for all who trust in him and his kingdom.